You won't believe by adding this one component into your fantasy football leagues, it will be way better. Welcome to Front Office Pros, brought to you by the Front Office Pros, Steve and Joe. You probably play in a fantasy football league or multiple fantasy football leagues, but you're probably doing them wrong, and Joe and I are here to tell you why. Before we get started, we are a new channel, so if you enjoyed this video, we ask you to smash the subscribe button to show your support. Hut, hut, hike! So the one element that we're talking about that you have to incorporate into your fantasy football leagues is none other than an auction league format. Let's explain to you what is an auction league. So during your draft day, when you draft your team, instead of it being in a snake format, which each person has a certain draft spot, they have that spot, you can trade within that spot, but most of the time you're in the, the spot that you've been given. With an auction draft, you are given a budget. So let's say you're given a $200 budget and you are then able to fill out your roster, each player requiring that player to be at least a dollar. And then you can decide how you want to build your team. So you have full autonomy to be able to choose which players you want. If you want to have from an ADP standpoint, that player who goes number one and number two in most drafts, and you want both of them, it will cost you a lot, but you can have them. So it really gives you the creativity to decide who you want to build your team around and not be subject to the draft position that you've been given. So Joe, why do you think that auction leagues are relevant and why should fantasy football players care? Yeah. So for me, Steve, I, I think, uh, you know, as far as the auction draft goes, exactly what you alluded to is, you know, why it's a preferred format for me and why I think it's relevant is just because, you know, going into the draft, you can formulate a plan, kind of try to budget out the players and how much you think they're going to be worth. And, you know, if you really want to get the top notch players and go like a studs and duds approach, you have the ability to do it. It's all about how much you're willing to spend, you know, unlike a traditional snake draft, it's all about your position. Like, you know, if you don't have the one one you know, you're not potentially getting the best player, but with the auction draft, you can get not only the best player, but you know, even the middle of road talent as well. You just, anyone's at your fingertips. You just got to be able to, you know, spend and uh, willing to just go for it and buy the player. I actually exclusively play in auction leagues. I, I don't really even, I don't think I even play in any snake draft leagues. And primarily the reason why is I don't like a draft spot dictating my strategy. There are certain players I feel really high on. And then because of where I am based on the spot, I have to reach for them. I have to pick them earlier than maybe what the value says. Um, and who knows? Trading gets really complicated. It's not like in a dynasty league where I can trade future assets. You really are only looking at the current league year when you're when you're drafting those players and, and possibly making trades. So I just like having that autonomy to go get who I want to get. And that you can do that in an auction league. In a snake draft, you can't do it. And I find that very frustrating because it's at the end of the day, it's all about strategy. And I want to be able to, you know, build my team the way I want to build my team. Yeah, I agree that, you know, that it's frustrating because, you know, fantasy is fun and we all want to have players that we want on our team. And I feel like it's so tough in a traditional snake draft, you know, to get players that you potentially actually want. Like you said, I mean, you know, if you really want somebody, you might have to reach for them. You know, you might even have to play the ADP game. You know, you 
take a guy a little ahead of time, hoping that they come back to you. But you got to hope like that player that you want comes back to you. Like versus an auction, it's like you really want the player. Just go ahead and spend for him, and you got him. Yeah, and not to mention, honestly, it's so much fun. I mean, a lot of time, you know, we went and did live auction drafts, which I, I think is the best. But even if you're doing it over online, over a laptop, you know, sometimes, you know, in those later rounds, you kind of can get into like a snooze fest and a, and a redraft league. You're just waiting and waiting and waiting for your pick, you know, to come back if your league's not active and, and you would do trades. But with auction, you could be in on any player. And even if you're not in on a player, sometimes you're like, what? That owner paid that much for that player. So it's always the action's always going and it just makes this for such a, a more fun experience on draft day. Yeah, plus not to mention, you know, you can actually play defense in your draft too. You know, say you got a team, you know, we don't in the my main league, we don't have divisions, but if you're in a league with, with divisions and you don't want your division mates getting a good deal on a player. You take the risk and try to bid them up a little bit. Now, sometimes, you know, you get caught with that player that you're just trying to bid up. But, you know, you can play a little defense, which also makes it fun because, you know, in a normal draft, you know, you really can't. You don't have an impact. It's just everyone picks at their spot, and it is what it is. So, Joe, you know, you, you're a commissioner for an auction league now for several years. Uh, how, what would you recommend for those who would be interested in incorporating an auction league into their fantasy football league? I think it's definitely something commissioners should, you know, look into and think about and see about ways that they could convince their league. I know, you know, we had some back and forth, whether or not we were going to go ahead with the auction style draft or keep it the snake draft. I think we had like an agreement at first to implement it. We were just going to try like the auction style draft for like a one year trial and then kind of revote on it the next year. And then pretty much everyone liked the auction style format and the draft. So we've been able to just keep it going and been doing it for, you know, several years now. Yeah. I honestly think it's, it's unfortunate. There's so much resistance. People are so just glued to the whole ADP style format and the snake draft. I think people are resistant to change. And I think probably a lot of your league mates, especially if you've been in a league for five, 10 plus years, and they've always done it this way, it's going to be very hard to get them to do it. Now, if there's keepers in your league, I feel like in a way that you're kind of, you know, it's not just your traditional straight snake trap. Like, you know, for your auction league, Joe, we have keepers, but we can actually keep them based on the auction price, which is actually really interesting as well. Uh, so I would say you definitely, as a commissioner, you got your, you got your hands full when it comes to possibly convincing a league. And the other thing is there are not a lot of resources out there. Everything is snake related. Most of the information you have out there, there's not a lot of people that are talking about auction draft related content. There are some that are starting to, and you may be able to find a cheat sheet that has auction prices, but you're not really seeing a lot of people in the fantasy community talking about auction drafts and what you should do in that, in that type of thing. There aren't a lot of resources out there. And then even the people that do have the auction values, generally they're not very, you know, uh, good. And they're not very accurate. Um, you know, they might say a player is going to be a $20 player, and then you might go to your draft, and that player ends up going for like 40 So, you know, it's tough to rely on those values as well. And part of it is just because, you know, these people can try to predict how much is going to spend, but your owners in your league are going to like somebody, and they're going to be willing to spend more. So that's all part of the game as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, to sum it up, I would definitely say as a commissioner – 
try to research as much as you can around it and try to kind of bring the recommendation up to your league mates to see if you can't get it passed uh, in a vote, because I do think it's well worth trying. Yeah. I think maybe one additional thing too, if you wanted to try to get your league mates a little bit closer to implementing, maybe try, you know, incorporating the free agent auction budget, you know, during the season for acquisition. So guys can get used to kind of assigning some sort of value to players, you know, even in the free agency. And then maybe it's a little bit of an easier transition to go from snake to auction as well. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. I didn't even think about that. We, you know, we haven't done traditional waivers in a long time. Now we've done a free agent acquisition budget or fab for the longest time. And, and even for us, it's kind of fun if you have any leftover auction dollars, you can actually roll that over and have a little bit extra heading into the season. Uh, you never know when a big injury is going to happen. So that's also kind of a, a neat concept that you have in your league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely can be helpful. You know, it's also interesting too because, you know, some guys won't use it all and then your league mates are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy had like $16 left over and just rolling over to the season. But, you know, who knows? I mean, week week one, there's definitely a lot of waiver moves and those people can sometimes have the leg up just to put a lot of money out there and get who they want. And, you know, after week one explodes and you, you try to get the new hot thing. So for those who are already in an auction league, uh, what is your strategy on draft day? <laughs> So I guess, you know, I've had a lot of different strategies. You know, I've been the Mr. Frugal guy going for the middle of the road tailing, I think, when auction first started. But now I've more so been leaning towards, you know, actually spending the money. And I think I usually try, like, just to target, like, maybe at least three players that I really want and assign some sort of value to them to kind of stick by and you know, if I get those three players that I want, I'm, you know, really happy. But if not, I mean, you always do have to have pivot options as well. Um, but I, it's really tough to try to budget your whole team and try to figure out exactly how much you're going to spend for each player. But I, that's why I tend to stick to like three guys that I want, assign some sort of value and try not to go over that and then go from there. Yeah, I definitely have been the studs and duds approach. <laughs> I typically try to target a receiver or a running back, you know, in that top echelon that I want to get. And then from there, I build out the rest of my team. But I really want to have at least one stud running back and one stud receiver. I just feel like fancy football, you got to have studs. And if you don't have studs, more than likely, you're not going to win. So I tend to go that approach. Now, every year I kind of have changed my strategy. So it'll be interesting to see what I do. And I think with the auction draft, you got to be, you got to think quick on your feet because you could get in a bidding war fast. And you have to ask yourself in the moment, do I want this player or not? There's a lot of times when it's going once, going twice in your mind. I'm like, uh, do I go for this guy or not? <laughs> you know, uh, it, it can get to that point. And, and to your point, Joe, you know, you have to be mindful that the the dollar amounts that they put on these cheat sheets are not always how it's going to play out in your leagues. You've got every league has got different fans of different teams. You've got your homer picks, your homer players. So people are going to just because they're that player is on their team, they're going to go for more. You have multiple fans of that team, you know, or people are just really high on this one player. So it will happen. So you're going to see guys that go for way more. You're going to see guys that go for way less and, and it could be a bargain. So you constantly have to be evaluating throughout the draft process. And I think for me, that's definitely one thing I try to have a pulse on 
and possibly there may be a guy I wasn't interested in, but that's where like a tiered rank system is really helpful because that's when you're looking at your sheet, you say, okay, I've got five guys in tier one at running back. That guy might've went for too much, but now I'm going to shift my focus on those guys. And I think that tiered approach is really, really helpful. Yeah. Tiered approach is definitely really helpful, especially because a lot of times, you know, one of the strategies, you know, I've been trying to do as well is not waiting for guys in those tiers, right? Maybe trying to get, because a lot of times like the top, like one or two guys in a certain tier will actually go cheaper. And then once those guys start to fall, you don't want to go after the last guy in the tier because then that's when the overbidding tends to happen. And that's where I got caught up, you know, many times just kind of sitting around waiting for like one guy. And then he was like the last guy. And then you and I have even had some battles with that, you know, and we end up overpaying for a receiver running back. And I'm like, oh man, why did I do that? But it felt like my team though, I had to have that guy. <laughs> yeah. One other strategy piece that I've never, I don't think I've ever done, but I've always thought it's a good idea. It's sometimes best to go get the first player. Because usually that first player isn't as much as what the other guys are going to end up being. It's almost like the first player gets a discount because people are so warming up to the auction you know, process. And the other piece of it is, who do you nominate? That's a really challenging thing. I never yeah. really know because I don't want to nominate the player I really want. And then they go like nuts because everyone has a ton of money and it's too early. But at the same time, I don't want to nominate late. And then I go into the bidding war like you were talking about late, like you and I go late. And it's like, oh, if I would have had this guy maybe earlier on, this this player wouldn't have been maybe as bid up as much. So the nomination process, I usually nominate people I don't want, but I also have, you know, at times nominate people I do want. It's, it's a really difficult process. Yeah, I think, you know, I've always... I always had the strategy of nominating guys that I didn't want, but I've actually started to kind of switch my strategy recently. And early in drafts, I've been tended to nominate guys that I do want and get them out of the way. And at least then I know how much they're going for. Maybe I do get them for a discount if they're still kind of to the top of the tier, or I at least know I have to pivot because this guy ended up going for too much. So I think more so later in the drafts, I'll t say like, you know, middle of the draft, I'll go less and just nominate guys I don't want. But I more so early, my new strategy has been to actually try to get my guys out there and see if I can actually get them for a price that I want. Yeah, that makes sense. Or sometimes what I'll do too is if there's like, let's say I have, you know, like a, a stud receiver like Justin Jefferson, I might put out Jamar Chase because I know I'm not going to go for both. And then someone just, you know, un unloads a ton of money to be able to get Jamar Chase and clears out the total pool of money for other players that I could be going for. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That, you know, all these different strategies is why an auction league is so fun because there is all these different strategies. You have the different strategy of when to nominate players, you know, how much do I spend on this, you know, guy that I really want. I mean, there's just a lot of things to think about and a snake draft you really you know don't have to think about much at all i mean you could literally just go best player available based on adp every time you pick and there's like no strategy involved either it's almost you know you're on autopilot at that point <laughs> you don't want to be on autopilot and we hope that in this video we've convinced you to try auction leagues you really need to uh you will not want to go back to snake the snake draft format Joe and I have been doing it for 10 plus years. We highly, highly recommend it. 
But that concludes our, our conversation on your doing fancy football leagues wrong. If you have any questions related to auction leagues, Joe and I are happy to give you our advice. Go ahead and send us a direct message on Twitter at one of our Twitter profiles or our front office pros Twitter. We're happy to help you in any way that we can. Also, if you enjoyed this video, uh, we ask you for your support. You can like it. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We're there as well. Thank you so much for watching. And if you have participated in an auction draft and you are like me and Joe, go ahead and put your comments below to show your support for auction leagues. Maybe we can convince a few other leagues to try it out. And until next time.